Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This podcast is making me feel This cruising overdrive and tides behind the steering wheel Cause these movies are obscene But I can't stop it from turning in in the pod with the host Finch, Mikey, Todd there's a chance they can make it now but only if you subscribe to the show I believe in romance in the pod Ooh. Ooh. hey love and while you're at it how about writing us a five star review maybe if you're lucky Mike you'll take one of you to pound town or at least read it on the podcast Mamma Mia, here we go again no here you go again is the sequel can't wait just open the fucking show up. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. You had us at Hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph or whatever. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch Mama Mia. Mia. Stubbed my toe again. Ow, <laughs> ow. So was this the first time you guys had seen this movie before? Yeah, no shit, it was. It was not my first time, and I have also seen the stage show. Oh, well, we can talk about the stage show later. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll get I into it. I think I'd enjoy seeing this on the stage, but we'll talk about that in a second. Paige, what was your first time seeing the movie like? Oh, I hated it. Uh, but I also, <laughs> I had seen the stage show before, and I don't love it, but the music on this is really good because it's ABBA, and if you see it on stage, everyone can sing, and they structure it a little bit differently, Yeah, okay. and so it feels more like you're watching an awesome ABBA cover band most of the time. I would say the stage show is infinitely more palatable than this film. Is it because people can actually like sing yeah <laughs> i do feel like that would have made this movie better if they had just like pick the people who did it on broadway to do it for this sure. movie guys stop putting like movie stars in who broadway musicals yes please todd i have a question for you that yes absolutely let's get this out of the way yeah i broached this to you before we started recording but i need to know <gasps> okay. and you refused to answer it earlier because you wanted to answer it when mikey was on the podcast <laughs> Now, you picked this film as yes, part ma'am. of your Richard Curtis month. However, yeah. Richard Curtis had nothing to do with this film. Um, but rather, he made the sequel, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. So my question to you, Todd, is when you were looking for Richard Curtis movies, you saw Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and you're like, that's definitely the first Mamma Mia. And then you selected it, not realizing it was a completely different movie. And therefore, we have watched this terrible tragedy for no reason. I feel so seen by your question. 
question, Paige. <laughs> because that is 1,000% what I did. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. It's an honest mistake because the, the sequel made 10 years after this one is called Mamma Mia, Here, Here We Go, I go again. again. Or Here We Go which, Again. Which, you know, is the song. And also the covers look very similar. They do. So I am not surprised that that occurred. I got Richard Curtis fished and I don't mind saying it. There you go. Mm. So let me ask, did you guys enjoy watching these like pretty big stars slowly get more and more sunburned throughout the movie? <laughs> like that was one of my favorite parts of this. I was like, Damn, she must have been out in the sun a lot this day. Yeah, she's wow. bright red on the screen. Bright red. Who's doing the skincare on this project? I will. I'll burn a fun fact early. They did film a handful of things at the Pinewood Studios on the 007 stage. Well, that's in London. Yes. Yeah. Because they could not film them in the sun. Yeah. So there, the sun was a problem. Apparently, it usually is. I mean, I've never been to Greece, but it looks like it would be bright. Greece looks really pretty. It does Greece look looks really beautiful. pretty. Yeah. yeah it lo- I. I would love to go to Greece. Someday. I have no notes on the setting of this movie. Uh, I would love to go to Greece. I have notes about yeah. other things, though. For sure. <laughs> I will also say that the production design, the set mm-hmm. design, and the cinematography of this at points, not always, but at points, is very good. And so it's very strange to have a very pretty, terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, too, and I will bring this up because I, I learned about this in Fun Facts. The same person who directed the original stage show directed this film and there are many many points in the movie where people are stage acting yes they are that ruin the movie it's like max cringe (laughs) and once i realized that it was the same director for both i was like ah that is why this is occurring because if you're on the stage you have to project everything even like your facial expressions to the back of the room and it's the hand motions yeah everything has to be bigger than you do it in front of a lens because that's a much more intimate medium right yeah but yeah i mean most of the ensemble the people who don't have like a narrative to their story right they're just there to sing and the greek chorus yeah like the townsfolk i mean like truly like they are supposed to be like a greek chorus yes they actually are greek and they are a chorus (laughs) and they are a chorus yeah but like they are over overacting it over way overdoing it it's amazing yeah it's (laughs) wild and here's what i'll say because like we saw it when it had a vegas residency hell yeah which by the way that's the place to see mamma mia (laughs) is when they're like let's add more sequins only in vegas baby (laughs) my beef with the stage show which by the way i found out in fun facts is based on an Italian film uh, is that the entire thing would be solved with a paternity test and it's taking place in a place and time where paternity tests definitely exist. They address that in this movie. Yeah, they want to be a third of her father. Because That's not addressing it. That's I agree with you. Okay, they address it though because he says we could find out for sure. Yes, and then they just don't. But I'm fine to be a third of your father. So they do address That's it. That's not addressing it. That's a cop out for somebody oh. who wrote it and then didn't think about it. I mean, that, I mean, <laughs> I did sort of love that because they acknowledged that they could do it. Right. But fuck you. We're not gonna, we're all gonna pay a third of this person's child support. But I mean, she is an adult, I guess. So you wouldn't have right, to worry about right. that. But yeah, I thought it was hilarious. That's always been my frustration is that like, I think the more interesting parts of the story and the play by extension are the relationship between a mother and daughter and a mother who went off and saw the world and now has a daughter and wants the same for her. That's very interesting. Um, long lost love and rekindling that. That's interesting. The part that does 
doesn't fucking work is that fucking paternity test part. And I'm like, you want me to believe, even in 2008, <laughs> in Maury Povich's America, that we did not find out the answer? Fuck you. And that ruins it for me. Now, I will say the play, first of all, is 45 minutes longer. Hell yes. I want to see it. So I got, I have to see it. It has five extra songs, oh. five more songs, and another 30 minutes of story that are not in this movie. Damn. Like, there's a whole bunch more about her and Pierce Brosnan's relationship of like, they had dated for a while and he went back. And so it was like a whole thing. Yeah, you sort of get that impression, but they probably go into more detail, right? They have two or three more songs together. You get way more into the idea that the younger people are like, maybe we do want to travel. Maybe we don't want to get married. Like there's a lot more of both of those things in the play that never make it into the movie outside of like a line here or a line there. And you get multiple in the play performances from Donna and the Dynamos like that's like the feature of the play is that essentially multiple times throughout the play you have a full ABBA cover band fucking rocking it because it's on stage so they have to be able to sing and do it live and they'll do it at like going and coming from intermission you're like in a concert basically that's awesome so like even though I don't love the stage show because the story is weird, it's fucking <laughs> way better on stage than this weird, weird movie. Anyway, Mikey, how'd you like it? <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Sing through a motherfucker's face. You even did the taps on the mic. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, that was like, that was premeditated. It was premeditated. I love it. I've been holding that in the whole time Paige was talking, and I was like, her first impression is going on a lot longer than I was anticipating. Okay. Uh, we're going to have fun laughing about this today. Um, Not since the Holocaust have I witnessed an no. abomination to God Mikey, such no. as this. No. <laughs> oh my you God. cannot compare Mamma Mia to the Holocaust. And I feel like I shouldn't have to tell um, you why. A lot of blonde people. <laughs> and one of the members of ABBA is a member of the Labensborn. So, like, you got that going for you, too. So you didn't care for it is what you're saying, Mikey. This is the, <laughs> my least favorite movie I've ever done for either of the podcasts. Wow. I'm I'm honored. Thank you. That is amazing. <laughs> the visceral hate. I don't want it to interfere with the show. And so it's a struggle. We're all going to hate it, dude. There's so many things that I hate about it that it's hard to narrow it down, which is like, why does this exist? Yeah. Uh, who would do this to anyone else? Okay, well, I'll start with the plot. It's stupid and I hate it. And like out of four people, a daughter and three dudes, somebody's going to really want to know who the actual father of course, is. Of course of they course would, they Mikey. Are. If only for medical records. Yes. And also like genetic disorders and, and like, yes, and it's so dumb. And like <laughs> the acting is terrible for people I like. Uh, yeah. There are so many stars in this. And maybe still in Skarsgård was not nearly as big as he is now, but like, Everybody else was like 
a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like usually in musicals, there's like parts between the music where like there's plot and talking or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of the actual talking or plot. There's really only fucking songs in this film. Which yeah. the play has more talking that that would help you a little bit. The only thing I like <laughs> is that like I sing like Pierce Brosnan and like. <laughs> Did he make you feel seen? Yeah. It felt like <laughs> watching myself do karaoke, but in a musical. Honestly, so... Mikey, Mikey, let me just say this. When you're doing karaoke, it's way better than Pierce Brosnan in this movie. Like, it's, it, it at least has, like, a lot of charm to it. I don't know. He tries. He really brings the charm. He's really trying. And, and he has so many solos. And I'm like, you guys. You could have hired someone to sing. Hugh Jackman exists. <laughs> well, that is true. But they could have also done one like what like old Hollywood did when yeah, they would just have someone else sing and dub it. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's really Pierce Brosnan. Hire someone who can actually sing. Yeah. And like, it's just so bad. <laughs> it's, it's really just, bad. It was like torture. And I had to stop and take a break <laughs> because that's how much I disliked watching it. I oh, started man. watching it after work, watched an hour of it pause and then i went and did more work just to get my mind off the film amazing amazing yeah and i just don't know man it's an atrocity <laughs> it's really bad mikey you were absolutely right because it fails on so many counts so much so that i have actually before this been on another podcast to talk about how bad this movie is uh, so if you want to hear that listen to blockbusting with jay light where he liked the movie i disliked it i don't know anyone's name I don't care. <laughs> Mikey, if you watch the credits, all of the men are wearing their name on a huge fucking belt buckle on what I thought were the best costumes in the entire movie. That's what most of the play looks like. The play has <sighs> costumes like that. Hell yeah. Yes. I'm going to stop you there. I stopped it immediately when the credits started. <laughs> I did just enough you didn't to do miss this. anything yeah. yes i will say he did he missed them singing and then they did an encore the credits yeah. have an encore mikey yeah it's amazing i did not request one also <laughs> what's her face the actress i usually like amanda seyfried yeah and she can actually sing she's actually a very good singer and i think does a great job in this movie but she seemed to be actually acting a lot in this film yes. which is fine i don't know what she's doing or why but she seemed to be trying uh her song at the end confused me as well it got cut from the play she sings it with one of the dads and i think it's colin farrell's Colin Farrell? Colin Firth. Oh, man. If it had been Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell would have been awesome. Whole different fucking movie. Uh, her and Colin Firth, instead of the song that they sing in this movie, they sing together Thank You for the Music, which is, of course, an ABBA song. And it actually makes a lot more sense in the play. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, she just like goes out like really sad at the end. I was like, oh, I guess it ends with her like really sad. So, okay, good for them. And then when they broke the ground in the water, like, fuck all of that. I hated it. That's not in the play, uh, from what I remember. And then at the end, it's not that she's sad. She and her fiance go to travel the yeah, world. Yeah, they're going to travel the world. They're happy. Yeah, they go travel the world. The they're happy. It's very yeah. interesting to me that Mikey's like interpretation of this sounds to me like it was relayed from an angry older gentleman. I honestly can't expect anything different because this movie gives you almost nothing to go on except like, man, Abba's great, huh? Yeah, so I mean, after hearing what Mikey and Paige thought about the movie, you will not be surprised that I fucking loved it. I'm it sure you fucking did. Awesome. <laughs> 
This is no, one of my not. favorite things I've ever watched for this show. Well, you also liked Rock of Ages, so. Yeah, guys, you have to know that when it comes to stupid fucking musicals, Todd's going to love them. And I did. I love this. But I will openly admit, everything you guys said is true. You are not wrong. That's just the shit I love. Yeah. Well, and I feel like... <laughs> Have you ever seen Grease 2? I actually have not, no. Because I feel like you'd be on my side with that one. Because it's like blood diner levels of bonkers, but also a musical. But it's probably better than this because that was back at a time when people had to be able to sing. Yes. Yeah. It's Maxwell Caulfield. It's Rex Manning. Hell yeah. But like, uh, what is her name in the movie? Tanya? Oh, Christine Baranski. She is given the most. Yeah. And I love anytime her or the other lady who I don't really recognize from anything else. It's Molly Weasley. That's fucking Molly Weasley? Yeah. Holy. Yeah. That's fucking I, funny. I verified she, that on IMDb because she looks familiar the whole time and I can't she place does, her. She does, but I couldn't place and her. It's it's Mrs. Weasley. Holy. Well, okay. Loved both of them. Right. Like, they were amazing. But Pierce Brosnan's not a great singer. No. He's a great actor. I Like, to me, it's just nuts that, like, this movie has so much fucking star power. And it turned out to be, like, this black hole of a movie that's, like, so insane. You have to be, like, specifically me to enjoy watching it. Well, and you also went into it knowing it was going to be bad I and did, crazy yeah. because we told you ahead of time. And I, yeah, I will say that that definitely did help because it lowered my expectations. Expectations, you know, the film did really well in the box office oh, initially, but I we'll think part of that's it. on the strength of the play because the play was a huge success, like a massive success. And people were like, oh, my God, there's going to be a movie of it. That's kind of like I think Wicked's going to do really well, regardless of how good the movie is, because I don't really believe in Ariana Grande that much. I'm definitely going to go see it. I went and saw Dear Evan Hansen. I go and see all of those things, man. Oh, I couldn't. But like. Uh, Cynthia Erivo, who's playing Elphaba, is going to be amazing. And yeah. um, Jonathan from Bridgerton, he plays Anthony. Can't remember his last name. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he's playing Fierro. <laughs> he's going to be great. So, like, yeah. I think we're going to see the same thing. I don't know how good that movie's going to be, but I'm going to see it. I didn't see this in theaters, though. I knew better. <laughs> Instead, I waited and saw Dominic Cooper in Devil's Double. I wish I had seen this in theaters, man. Like, I saw Rock of Ages in theaters, and it was me and my buddy, and we were the <laughs> only ones that were left at the end of the show. Like, it was it was so much fun. But I really did enjoy this movie. But I understand it's not good. I get it. I also thought it was wild that Sophia, which for Mikey, that's the daughter. Donna, Sophie. the mom's daughter. Yeah, Sophie. Yeah. She lies to literally every person in the movie until an hour and 12 minutes into it. I paused it when she her. finally they told the her. truth. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, she is just like a sociopath that we're supposed to be like, she's great, isn't she? Well, I think what's even crazier than that is she lies to everybody. And then when she finally confesses to her fiance, who at this point, I'm like, how has he not figured it out? He's been in half these scenes. <laughs> but she finally tells him and he immediately goes to like, oh, so I wasn't in a family for you? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where is this coming from? There are so many red flags in that one scene. I literally wrote in my notes. I was like, man, 
I guess they're 20, so that makes sense. Like, they <laughs> yeah. don't want to communicate. Like, they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, he's going to go on to invent Captain America. <laughs> I do think it'll take us about eight minutes to go through the entire plot, though. Because mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. just, hey, this lady sent three people letters to come to her wedding. They came. We don't find out if any one of them are her dad specifically. End of movie. <laughs> like, yep, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of great music, but that's the plot. Is there? There is. Abba's <laughs> great. Yes. Uh, not in this version, though. Like, it's not sung well enough to call it great. So the movie that this was originally based on Buenos Aires, Mrs. Campbell came out in 1968 when they didn't have DNA tests. So the ending makes a lot more sense when you couldn't find out. Yeah, because you truly can't find out. Yeah, right, right, right. And I think they just were like, whatever. Don't worry about it. We're not even going to think about it. It's fine. But you know, you could just like rewrite it and be like, hey, Sam's the dad. And like, I still cry at the end. You know, like it's cool. You cried? Jesus Christ. Of course I did, Mikey. I loved this movie. There was no emotional depth. <laughs> I, to yeah, I didn't cry this movie. in this film. Todd, I yes, want to propose to you two alternately super crazy endings that I would have loved. Okay. Number one, it's a completely different fourth guy. I honestly thought that was going to happen. When Meryl Streep stands up and she's like, your father is here, and the three guys stand up, I wanted her to be like, it's the priest or like somebody, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, not yeah, the priest, yeah, yeah. but like somebody else. I would have been somebody like, else. oh, shit. What? <laughs> Grab the folding chair, run yes. out crying, <laughs> dance with the results. Yes. Put that twisted tea down. Sorry. The other, the other one that I think would be hilarious levels of crazy is that she gets like a 23 and me back and it's like somehow it is all three and she's just some sort of science mutant hell yes Paige. it's like the jizz mixed that. up and this is what we got yeah <laughs> i just can't believe her mom really hated condoms like that uh, that sounds like your kind of lady mikey well i need to know if i'm the dad she hates condoms and is definitely keeping that baby but also she's bad at calendar because she like they do the dates in the beginning and i'm like i guess in theory it could be any one of the three of them but they're far enough apart they're like at least a week apart for like each of them <laughs> so i'm just like mm, could it really you be could probably venture a guess <laughs> yeah. like you might be wrong you might not be it's very difficult to determine true conception date but like i'd say you've got a more likely one than the others maybe so you know what i think it's our job as podcasters to break down the science of this so okay. i do think it would be and i don't remember who it was like uh-huh. their name but the second person that Sophia sings about while Harry. they're going is that Harry while they're going through the diary at the beginning? No, Bill then Harry. So Paige, I am not someone who experiences a period. So correct me if I'm wrong. But like timeline. You are wise, absolutely about to be wrong with what you're about to I? say. Am I shit? Okay, well then you explain it. Cause I I mean, like, listen, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh this remains a problem in the medical community because a lot of times, even when you go to the doctor to calculate air quotes, your due date. If you're pregnant, they'll try to determine the most likely time of conception, but they'll just take it from the date of your last period, which may or may not be accurate. Right. So like I have heard that. Yeah. So that's how they kind of do it. Now, what you were getting at is partially something to think about, right? Because your most fertile times are from the middle of the cycle, right? That's why I thought it was going to be that second guy, right? Because if she had all of them in one cycle, that person would be in that time period, right? Unless she has her period in between any of them. That then changes where it falls. So in my mind, she had to have 
fuck i don't know the science of this but she had to have had sex with him all three of them all, all in one cycle all in one cycle so i can't believe we're talking i love if, okay I love this. todd this is amazing if in that case let's say she has her period then sleeps with sam then sleeps with bill then sleeps with harry right and then has her period again yeah it's probably bill that's most likely that's not a guarantee sure but just time-wise yeah probably that was my um, thinking yeah but only if that's the order of events period sam bill harry if it's sam period bill harry then it could be harry oh yeah absolutely. if it's period two weeks sam <laughs> period bill harry then it's sam like it's these, but these are things that she if she was tracking her cycle would potentially know when that cycle landed and maybe maybe and it's not 100 percent. i think we could figure it out if we got our hands on that diary you know what i'm saying like i, I feel like that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah but i mean again not an exact science definitely get the paternity test oh yes but i'm just saying dear diary harry dumped it all in me tonight <laughs> Because the other, <laughs> the other thing to think about is sometimes when you get pregnant, you have what's called implantation spotting, yeah. which can seem like a period. So if she got pregnant with Sam and then thought she had a period, I'm just saying, get the paternity test. Yes. Figure it out. It's possible. I mean, okay. Figure so it like, out. In my mind, this movie takes place over two days. In my mind, the day after the wedding, one of those dads is definitely going to be like, all right, we're doing the paternity test, right? Like, we're not, <laughs> right, I, mean, every, I didn't want to ruin your the tongues, wedding everybody. vibe, but like, we're doing the paternity test. I would love to have been the third dad when they're like, I'll be a third dad, I'll be a third dad, and I would be like, <laughs> we're getting a fucking running test. running out of the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have been like, I would have been like, we're getting a fucking paternity test. I'm not gonna be third dad <laughs> with you two fuckers. <laughs> oh, actually, that does make sense because you very badly want to have kids. So you would stay and fight. Uh, yeah, but, I, but even not, I would just be like i'm either getting out of this situation I or kicking y'all out of this yeah, situation Paige, i would have I could to know not, too. not know yeah i'd, I'd have, have to, know, to too. know i mean how does she even know donna's her mom <laughs> i also again i'm rooting for random fourth dude that's not either of these three that she's like oh i forgot to write in the diary about that one time by the dumpster <laughs> like, you know she's an adventurous lady i've seen that dumpster it's at panic fest behind the theater <laughs> oh god or behind that club that we went to uh across the street yeah the 90s club Hell the yeah. 90s club but no someone wrote on the side of that dumpster behind the panic fest uh, dump it all in me or something like oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so do you guys want to go through this movie like scene by scene and just like really get into like what we loved about it, Mikey? I didn't. So <laughs> sure. Oh, man. Whatever y'all want to talk about. I think this is my version of a Mikey movie because like oh. I can see that it is bad, but I loved Ooh. it. Generally, other people love cult classics, not just me. A lot of people love this movie, Mikey. I'm sorry to tell you. And we yeah. have terrible taste. <laughs> there are dozens of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lot of people like it. Anyway, let's get into let's, it. Let's, yeah, get let's into jump it. into it. Let's jump into it. Uh, we open with Amanda Seyfried singing, I have a dream on a boat. Now, here's the thing. This is one of multiple scenes in this film that were actually filmed in the daytime and then just color corrected tonight. And they did not do a good job. Nope. It's bad. Uh, but then she posts invitations to her wedding. And this, I guess, is sometime in the past because it seems like it's the same day. And I'm like, there's no way they would have gotten those letters. You mean gotten um, those letters and then traveled all the way to Greece? Because it appears that they're all from the the uk somewhere except well i guess not uh bill because he's probably swedish right 
Yeah. Um, but then my favorite part is at the end of the song is like, even if you fail. And I was like, fail what? <laughs> like, there's nothing to succeed or fail here. This is going to sound insane. I think that she was singing those letters to their destinations and the fail that she was talking about is like fail to convince them to come to the wedding i realized that that is insane but that is like what is happening and i loved it Paige. i loved it okay it's campy and silly and fun oh, it's God. not either of those things i don't know what happened to you i guess that this is the mormon version of night at the creeks but i don't think that that is a, a good comparison oh but what if night at the creeps had songs no yes Paige. yes thrill me oh. <sighs> but it's like set to thriller yeah because you can't thrill me oh anyway yeah. we see that the oh. letters go to stellar skateboard pierce brosnan colin firth and they all immediately are like I'm going like I'm immediately going there, which is wild because it, it definitely plays it as if they're like, oh, that might be my kid. I should go. Yes. But then when they get there, it's like, hey, you might be my dad. And they're all like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> Why did you go? Why did you go across the world? I love going to weddings. I mean, I do. I do. But this is expensive. It's an expensive one. Yeah. But- yeah. Yeah. Flying to Greece would be expensive alone. For two of them, it's a one night stand. There's no reason to go unless you think it's your kid. (laughs) They'd be like, who the fuck is Donna? Yeah. Do you remember (laughs) Donna? I don't remember a Donna. Wasn't her name Patty? Like, yeah, they don't remember any. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, do you remember everyone's name on your list? No. No. There's Siegfried, Amanda Siegfried. There's Roy. Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Helen Hunt. You didn't listen to the question at all. I didn't listen to the movie. Helen Hunt. That other chick, Goldie Hawn or whatever. <laughs> nice. The chick from The Good Wife. That is Christine Baranski. Yeah, okay. Uh, Loki's doctor. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. James Bond, uh, the dude who got hit by the Mind Stone, and <laughs> the third guy, the bad guy in the Bridget Jones's movies. <laughs> Colin Firth is not the bad guy. That's Hugh Grant. How dare you? Well, Colin Firth's also not the good guy, so you know, just saying. <laughs> I mean, the bad guy is Richard Curtis for writing that movie, and not being involved in this movie at all and making me look like a fool. Time travel summer <laughs> was a much more fun summer last year. Whatever bullshit you have pulled <laughs> upon us. We just did a time travel movie, Mikey. Both you and Paige are just torturing. I feel like it's Mystery <laughs> Science I, Theater. I picked one bad movie and I'm about to pick two good movies in a row. She is. I know what she's picking. One good movie, <laughs> one terrible movie that we're going to laugh about. Lady Jane, I was like, what is this Yeah, film? when was the last time I picked something that bad, Mikey? I've got like one under my belt. Y'all got like 12. I don't even know. This movie wiped my memory like some sort of... Like, it felt like I was watching the movie that you watched to get the girl from the ring to come kill you seven <laughs> days later. What, Lady Jane or this one? This one. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, if you had to watch... Either Lady Jane or this again. Which one would you watch again? Lady Jane. That's right. This is legitimately the worst movie <laughs> I have that maybe is ever insane seen. insane to me. Lady Jane was boring. This is like shiny, is happy boring. colors. Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> 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 they fucking bone in Lady Jane. There's a boob. There's more than one boob. There's beheadings. There's naked Carrie Elwes. There's beheadings. Yeah. There's 
intrigue in the court. What's this one? Oh, like a bunch of randos carry people around a lot. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> That's the most accurate description of this movie I've ever heard. A bunch of randos carry people around a lot. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's get to it. Anyway, so Amanda Seyfried runs out to the dock to meet her two friends who, for some reason, are a foot taller than her. Both of them. Did you guys notice that? They are way taller than her. Yeah. It was wild. I was like, I didn't know she was friends with Nephilim. Like, what are we doing? And so, <laughs> well, maybe she's just like short. Maybe she's like five foot tall or she's something. She's a teeny yeah. something. I don't know. I honestly have no idea, but I loved their greeting on the dock. It was very sweet, very fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I do. This is one of the few songs in the movie that I like the song. I don't like the scenes because yeah. this, they go into Honey Honey because she's reading her mom's diary of all the dudes she gushed that one summer. And <laughs> that's a good summer, man. That's a good summer for her. Yeah, it's a good summer. The song itself, very fun. But then every time they stop to read from the diary, it is maximum cringe. This movie is cringe incarnate. It's where so it just great. makes me uncomfortable by association. <laughs> it's rough. But I this is it. where I started counting, and I was like, wait, how many time? How many days between? Because one of them is at least like four days apart, and I was like, well, I think one of them is like two weeks apart. Like there's a yeah. yeah. Like I listen. I think we did as much breakdown as we possibly could with the information that we have, but yeah. I've got red yarn <laughs> you if have- we need to make a, a cork board. <laughs> no, she's pregnant because the red yarn didn't show up that month. <laughs> that is true. Oh, man. Um, but as she's telling her friends of like, I invited all three of them. Oops. We cut back and forth through all of them traveling to try and get there. Yeah. They miss the ferry. But thankfully, Stellar Skateboard has his own boat and ferries them across to the island. <laughs> and again, he's supposed to be a drugged out hippie that somehow remembers a one night stand from 20 years ago. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Show me the facts. Maybe Donna like just like broke it off and he just like can't I, not think about he's it. He's like, I need to get it back. <laughs> she kept it. She broke it off and kept it for her collection. <laughs> he's like, I've been searching for her. She has half of my dick. <laughs> my dick. <laughs> the bottom half. <laughs> Those are the balls, Mikey. I don't know what your dick looks like and I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll send you some photos. No. Mm-mm. Workplace mm-hmm. harassment. As HR mm-hmm. for this podcast, I feel like I need to. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I screenshotted this recording. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, on the ferry over to the island are two older women who we will find out are Meryl Streep's friends. And yes. they were all friends on the island at the same time when she got pregnant with her daughter. And at the time, they had a band that was playing on the island. And that's part of why they all have history with the island and why they were there. And then, of course, when she had her daughter, she quit the band. Yeah. That's all the story you get in the play that you didn't get in this movie. I love that the mom crew and the daughter crew, like, they as a crew sort of interact the same way, right? So, yes, like, yeah. Meryl Streep runs out to the dock and they, they greet and they have their own very sort of unique to them, but similar in some way, like greeting that they do, just like Amanda 
Seyfried and her friends are. Mm-hmm. Or did. Yes. Yeah. As humans usually do, they greet their friends when they arrive. <laughs> Thank but you, no. anthropologist Todd, <laughs> for you more see, hot takes on human behavior. <laughs> no, but they have like a like dance slash like cheer thing that they do, both groups. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's It feels like a like very musical to me. Well, yeah, because it's very much a state. Uh, it's frustrating because I do feel like a lot of what makes the stage version very cool does not translate to screen. And I feel like this is one of those things. That this feels very much like I'm sitting at TPAC watching a, a Broadway sh- traveling show, you know? Right. Anyway, so <laughs> they get there, but not before Mrs. Weasley opens a bottle with her teeth and signs a copy of her cookbook. Love that. She's amazing. I do love her in this movie. She's amazing. Meryl Streep is fine. That's generous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the Meryl two... Is terrible in this the, the two other women in her crew are awesome very fun very very fun and they're fun characters like they're written fun you know pretty much anyone you put there was gonna have a good time although i will say uh mrs weasley was not the first choice there was another actress who they actually cast but they told her that it was supposed to be the funny fat friend and then they didn't like her singing and so she was like i don't need this shit and just left (laughs) so Good for her. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, cool. I'd love to know who that was. Pulling it up right now. Don French. I don't know that name by name, but I probably have seen them and stuff. Um, from French and Saunders, a very famous UK comedic actress, but also uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Coraline. And I, de- I definitely do recognize her now that I'm looking at her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she, she apparently walked out after they were just like, oh, you're the fat funny friend, so it doesn't matter if you can sing good or not. She was just like, fuck this then <laughs> which honestly good high fives her. bitch yeah good for her <laughs> like right decision <laughs> probably yeah but mrs weasley crushes it in this so we cut to amanda seyfried meeting up with um dominic cooper aka sky her fiance and this is like before he did preacher devil's double and marvel stuff so he was like not famous yet which is how he ends up in this movie even though he can't really sing but <laughs> anyway they like lay the groundwork for like hey he didn't really want a big wedding he's doing it for her yeah anyway she comes back to the villa with her friends and they're like did you tell everyone that you invited your dad she's like i haven't told anyone i'm lying to everyone and they're just like oh all right okay uh that's fine they do seem like immediately on board with just lying to everyone for the next hour and 12 minutes yeah but then also the men the the dads arrive and she doesn't meet them at the dock. She finds them by happenstance. Yes. Which I'm like, bitch, what was your plan? <laughs> like, this is not a big island. And she does like, say that they did RSVP. Like, she knows they're yes. coming. Like, you should have gone down there to, like, run interference. Like, she's really risking her mother finding out. Yes, exactly. Now, as that's happening, her mom and her two friends, formerly of Donna and the Dynamos, are all hanging out. And she's kind of giving them the backstory on like, I bought this hotel and now I am here, but I am poor and whatever. But I'm excited that you're here for my wedding. But everything's like falling apart. It's very clear that she needs more like residents to like, not residents, but like tourists to come stay in the resort or whatever. Right. Uh, And Sky is going to put her on on the web or whatever. Yeah. Which did feel very 2008. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Saying something like that. And this, when did the musical come out? Like probably 2000? 2001. Okay. It came came out right after 9-11. Oh, that checks out. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
God. I mean, that does make sense, though, because you would say things like, he's going to put me on the web or whatever. On the web. Yeah. It just feels so weird now. Yeah. But this is also where they introduce, like, oh, it said that Aphrodite's fountain is here. And I'm like, I don't remember that from the play. Maybe there was a fountain on stage and I just wasn't paying attention. But I think that might just be a thing in the movie. Well, and if they did what they do in the movie on the stage, you'd fucking remember. Because, like, the first three rows would have gotten soaked. Like a Gallagher show. Yeah, what what I kind of remember is that maybe there was a fountain in the courtyard just as like a set piece sure. that people would be in front of and around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, so she runs into the dads and is like, come stay in this upstairs of this goat shed. Literally the attic of the goat house. And meanwhile, Meryl Streep gets her first like full solo of the movie with money, money, money. And we are never the same after because first we thought this was going to be a musical and now we're stuck here for this. So loved it. No notes. Meryl, you crushed it. (laughs) Did not. She did not crush it. Please stop casting her in musicals. (laughs) Please stop casting everyone except for Amanda Seyfried, who was in this movie in musicals. musicals. And maybe the two uh, side characters I was talking about before in the mom's group. Because they're great too But no one else can sing in this movie really I don't know man I like the randos They always showed up They always carried people to the next scene And you know what They seem to do their job When you say the randos Do you mean like the ensemble Like the chorus Like the unnamed characters in this movie The randos who carry everyone around Yeah yeah, yeah. You know when someone's singing about their bullshit And then 30 (laughs) people show up Put them on their shoulders And then carry them off to the new scene That happens like 12 times in this movie (laughs) (laughs) Guys Something happens in this movie that I love on a level I did not know I would love it, and it's ridiculous, but it's when, like, the 40 dudes are wearing fucking scuba flippers, and they're, like, trying to run down the steps. Wait, wait till we get to that scene, because that's that's a ways away, because that's also from the stage show. They did it live at the stage show. It's nuts! Which, by the way, is way funnier, because I don't know if you know, very few people dance well in flippers, and it's fun to watch people kind of fail. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all we do in the movie. Like, you can't do that gracefully. Anyway, we can talk about it then. I'm sorry to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I loved it. it was hilarious yeah yeah yeah. Uh, anyway so she completes her song and in the process of kind of running around talking about the website talking to her friends uh, she basically looks up into the barn into the goat house because she hears something and sees all of the dudes she sees them as she knew them which instead of casting young people they just put really weird wigs on all of the old people <laughs> I sort of loved it because it looks like terrible Photoshop, but like, like it's clearly them. Like it's not a photo. No, they just put wigs on people. It's so great. And my favorite dad, who's your favorite dad of the three? (sighs) That's so hard to answer. Here's Brosnan. Is it? No, he did 9-11. How dare (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly, guys. Allegedly. 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 (laughs) I know. He did 9-11, immediately went on the lamb degrees. Follow the money. (laughs) That's why he went to this. He was like, I got to find a way to stay in Greece undercover. I know. I'll marry that lady I slept with that one time. Yeah, follow the drachmas. Um, (laughs) I, I, I think Stellar Skateboard, a.k.a. Bill, Uh, might be my favorite because he's always just kind of in the background just like what's happening now and i kind of dig that energy a lot and i think he either ends up with mrs weasley or is abducted by her at the end of this movie (laughs) so i like that for her flu powder yeah (laughs) i mean i want all parties to consent right and it seems like maybe he was not but if he was into that good for them 
but it seems like maybe no. She crawls across a roof for him, Paige. Look, if you haven't crawled across a roof for somebody, have you ever been in love? I agree with that. But who's crawling across a roof for Miss Weasley, Paige? Probably Mr. Weasley. I don't think he has other options. <laughs> oh, Mr. Weasley's got other options, man. That guy's a baller. Yeah, a shot caller. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this is where she sees them all and she sings Mamma Mia and it's maximum cringe. It is her best song, I would say, of like execution, but like it's still way overacted and strange and it very much would fit on stage it just does not fit in a movie and it's bizarre but i do think it is because she was directed meryl streep in this scene was directed to look like a stage performer would look up close because that is what the director of this movie would be expecting to see as he's sitting that close to her it's a she oh is it well whoever she Mm -hmm. is sitting that close to her uh meryl streep But like it doesn't play well through the lens because the lens is way closer. Yeah. But it's so campy and I love that shit. So like this is definitely her best song and it's like the title song. You have to nail this. But right. Like I loved it because it's so campy. But there wasn't one second I wasn't like I wish this was Christian Chenoweth because she can sing. She would fucking kill it. Or someone who is also from Broadway of that age. Bernadette Peters. Yes. I wanted to be Bernadette Peters also. Always or Bette Midler, either one. Oh, I'll take fuck. either one. Bette Mid- yeah, absolutely. Either one. Or uh, if you want to go like way older with it, Patty Lapone. I'll take any of them. Literally any of them. They were all probably available. I bet they were. I really wish they would stop doing that thing where they like, yeah. we want to make this Broadway thing a movie. Let's not cast any of the people who have been doing it night after night, seven shows a week or whatever for the past five years. I think they did that with uh, Dear Evan Henson. They didn't. Well, that was a weird one because it had been way too long. Yeah, he originated that role. I know, but yeah. not everyone else in that was the people from Broadway. It was just that guy. Probably because he was the youngest. He looked like worse than 21 Jump Street did going back undercover. I mean, here's what I'll say. This is the one thing that makes me kind of optimistic about Wicked because Cynthia Erivo is from Broadway and she's fucking amazing. And so I have really high hopes. I think she'll do great. But too many times, like Into the Woods had this same problem. (sighs) I know. It's just ridiculous. I don't know why you would do it or why you wouldn't just dub people. Like if you have to have Meryl Streep, just dub her. I don't know. Why are we doing this? I don't get it. Yeah, because she can act like Meryl Streep's an amazing actress. Yeah. Just have Kristen Chenoweth sing for or whatever. Like we've been doing musicals like this since like the 50s or whatever. Yeah. Like we know how to solve for this problem problem of actors who can't sing i know yeah it's i don't know why people anyway she in the midst of that song falls through the roof and is just like you guys got to get out of here and i was like is no one going to be like where'd that lady come from (laughs) well the whole song as she's singing mamma mia she's like spying to see who's in this like attic of the goat house whatever thing and she's realizing who it is up there and that's when she's trying to like break in through the roof and it's actually the ensemble that opens it for her because she struggles to get it open and then she falls in because she doesn't notice that you know there are other people in the world but when she's in there she's like you guys have to leave we had sex once 21 years ago or whatever i don't want you in my life anymore right 
So she leaves and immediately Meryl Streep is like crying and upset and her friends try to cheer her up with a song that goes on way too long. But the gist of that song is just like, you're sad because you're lonely and you have all this work to do and you don't have a partner to share that with. Yeah. And you're not having sex regularly. Yeah. So like, that's like what the whole thing is. They do set up that like Meryl Streep is like missing something in her life, right? Sure. Uh, It is very like... The 1960s version of like you need a man in your life So it's like yeah, stuff around the house is breaking But for her it's the resort right So it's like stuff right. like that But you know it's just like cueing us in that she needs a man in her life Right and they immediately from Chikatita go straight into Dancing Queen Like this yes. is what Mikey was talking about Where there's like no dialogue It's just like one song to the next And it's this <sighs> huge musical number with everyone there yeah. In fact as they pass on the dock They pass Benny Anderson One of the members of ABBA playing the piano He's playing the piano We see him again uh, as one of the Greek guys Playing the guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very end of it Yeah So he's in those two shots, which is great. I thought that was awesome. I love seeing him in it. But while that's happening, Sophie realizes that the dads are leaving. So she swims out to the boat and spends basically the day with them on the boat. Can I talk about Dancing Queen really quick? Because there's a shitload of women following them. Yes. This shot reminds me of like old Hollywood, like Oliver, you know, like that where they pull up and there's like 300 extras. It's not that many. I love Oliver. Me too. It's so good. But this shot is a lot like that because they're like singing Dancing Queen through the city and like all the women are stopping what they're doing and like coming to dance with them. And it's like a shitload of women. I was just generally impressed with how many extras they had in this. And like all the three main older uh, crew women jump into the water at the end. Like it's a whole fucking production. And I was here for it. It is, but it's clearly shot by someone who doesn't understand to shoot productions like that for the screen. It is very much set up the way you would do it on a stage. And on a stage, it would be impressive because you're like, it's a ton of people doing everything at once. But when you look at like a good movie musical, you have to be more thoughtful about how you shoot those larger numbers. And this movie just really isn't. <laughs> not, not at all. But and that's one of the things I love about this scene, because like those extras are sort of doing the choreography sort of, yeah. but like not nailing it <laughs> at all <laughs> and that's so fun to watch well and it's too far away to see who anyone is oh yeah you can only tell it's Meryl Streep and the two other women because they're a little bit forward yes. we can't even really see like their face all that well because it's pulled back so far yeah well and, and if you were seeing this on stage they'd be in different costumes they'd be set apart you could tell it differently but in the camera yeah. you really can't can't fucking tell <laughs> like it is <laughs> wild like you you can kind of follow them and in this sequence uh molly weasley trips and fell and actually hurt herself and they just left it in oh like like while they were filming it yeah they just left oh, it in as her God. being clumsy but like the parts winding through the city are slightly better because we kind of keep the main people in focus but once they get to the dock free for all and it's just like yeah it's tough because if you're making a movie musical you really do have to kind of think about how you're going to visually represent something that on stage would be very different and i feel like some movies do it really well and some don't like i felt like rocket man does amazing with that and this not so much but i think part of that is the camera has to move for scale not just be static the way an audience would yeah 
So she spends the day with her dads on the boat and she kind of learns things from each one of them that makes her think like, oh, maybe that's my dad or maybe that's my dad or maybe that's my dad. <laughs> well, the, she had been setting this up like, I'll know who my dad is when I first see him. Yeah. And then it's very clear she has no fucking idea who her dad no is. No clue. Yeah. And she's a sociopath. That's true. I mean, she tells no one the truth for the first hour and 12 minutes. I paused it to check. Yeah. But. She swims back off the boat to the shore to meet up with her fiance because it's time for their essentially bachelor and bachelorette party. His stag do her thing. And this is where we get the two of them singing Lay All Your Love on Me, yeah. in which she is fantastic and he is also there. I feel like that is accurate. <laughs> I didn't like him. I love him as an actor. Like, I will watch almost anything he's in except this. <laughs> this one's a rough one. Well, I didn't like his character. Yeah, his character is kind of nothing. His character does not seem like he loves her very much. His character seems like he's too young to be getting married. They're 20, man. Like, there's a lot of red flags. Yeah. But yeah. I honestly, like, when they don't get married at the end i was like oh man this is great yeah and then pierce brosnan proposes and i'm like no bro no no run back you don't know her it's been 20 years mm -hmm. i will say that you want to lock down either the daughter of someone with a villa or someone who owns a villa so no red flag on the play <laughs> mikey will allow it mm -hmm. now within this dance number first of all we get the same doc shot because that's the only place they can spread people out. So they constantly shoot on the dock, which is the location in the play. It's always on the dock. But it's like we have the same problem that we just had moments ago of scale. And when they're that far away doing the flipper dance, it's not as impactful. Because like when you see it on stage, it's fewer people. It's You're closer up to it. And you're watching people fucking struggle to dance in flippers. Yes. And it's really fucking yes. funny. And you're hearing the like flap, flap. Flap, yes. flap, flap, and you don't get any of that in this movie. You just kind of see it in the distance, and it's not as funny. I have to see this on stage. You would love it on stage, I think. I have to see this on stage. I know by watching this movie, I would love it on stage. I think the problem with the directing, at least my note I would have given the director, had anyone given a fuck what I thought about in 2008, would be... When you're at the theater and seeing it on the stage, your eyes are going to cue in on people doing things. You're not actually like just taking in everything with your eyes all of the time. So you don't need as many wide shots. You need to cut in like someone's eye would and what we need to be focusing on. Yes. And there just wasn't enough of that, especially in like the big musical numbers. I know I just mentioned Rocket Man, but there's a scene where they do this amazing where it literally is the bridge from his as a him as a child to him as like a young adult yeah and he's at a carnival and the camera follows him through the carnival as he kind of dances through with other different groups and it really gives you this sense of scale but you're not constantly trying to figure out where you should look you always know where you should look but there's yeah. enough stuff happening that it's not boring because alternately later in this film they run into a problem of having three or four different songs where just two people sing at each other and nothing else fucking happens on the screen. And I, at one point, fast forwarded through one of them because I ain't here for that. I ain't here for listening to Meryl Streep for seven goddamn minutes. I don't have the time. I'm living my life. I'm an active, independent lady with wants and needs. Meryl, Meryl get on my back. <laughs> Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! 
oh my god guys this actually is a factor ad that was amazing mikey mikey here for factor meal all from Magic the pod heck yeah We're table it delicious already fresh made meals never frozen it takes two minutes to warm up just like mikey does i have a busy schedule I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. And Factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor, except for right now, because <laughs> Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code romancing the pod 50 at factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy to use app and they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, factor meals. <laughs> <laughs> VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, <laughs> we then cut to the girl party where Donna and the Dynamos perform, but not before Loved it. doing such an abysmal acapella version of Super Trooper that Abba should sue. It's awful. I did love when they came out and sang it, and then it wasn't great. And then they're like, turn on the music. Yeah. And then it actually does start to get okay, I guess. Kind of. I'm assuming that they recorded some of the stuff live. Yeah. Like that acapella thing right there. Yeah. And then when they turn the music on, it's like pre-recorded music that they then dubbed. That would be my guess. I don't know. Yes. I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have pre-recorded everything and dubbed everything. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, like that's, I think, the way they did it. And that's why I think it sounds worse in the acapella part. Yeah, it sounds horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and as someone who has had to sing acapella live, first of all, rehearsals, bitch. Secondly, this is a movie. You have multiple takes. You, there's not an audience in front of you where you have to nail it the first time. You could be like, that sounded like ass. We're going to re-record it. And the fact that that's the take they went with is absurd. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. Can you imagine the other takes? I know, Mikey. <laughs> I'm going to see the outtakes on this one. Like, did they not sing and just took a shit instead? Like, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> it was bad. I loved it, though. It's rough. And then the song continues. And at one point, Meryl Streep, I think, forgets how microphones work because she's just like using it to do hand motions and it's nowhere near her mouth. And I was like, girl, I know you know what a microphone does. What is happening? I can tell you exactly what's happening because you could see it on her fucking face. She is dancing with the microphone close to her mouth. 
She then realizes in a moment that the costume designer put her in an outfit that has huge fuck-off parachute sleeves. And then she starts playing with the parachute sleeves like she's a boxer warming up for a fight. And I was here for it, Paige. It was amazing. I'm not here for it because you could play with those (laughs) sleeves without being weird. Like, just you moving (laughs) makes the sleeves move. What are we doing here? Why? I do very much feel like this movie is exactly what it would be like if my mom had her dream come true and she got to perform with the Broadway cast for a night because Meryl Streep is just way under everyone else in her crew as far as singing ability. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just like not great. Well, and especially because I saw this live. Live, they do it a cappella too. They start it a cappella and they fucking nail it every time. I'm sure. and so you're like, yeah. come on, guys, you had multiple chances. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. You could have pre recorded it. Why the fuck didn't you? I don't know why they don't pre record it. Like, I could have produced that with the gear in this room right now and it would have sounded better because I would have pre recorded it and auto tuned it. Yeah. My favorite musical slash acapella moment is the where in the world is Carmen Sandiego show <laughs> Rockapella, and it's the only only one I consistently watched so where in the world is, is Carmen, Carmen Sandiego San acapella is truly is the music of the incels <laughs> <laughs> what that's aggressively not true because people in acapella groups fuck each other all the time. Yeah, they do. Constantly. Yeah, they They're do. like the band geeks of the voice world. All right, as a band geek, I think you're giving us credit for having way more sex than was actually happening. Well, I wasn't a nerd, so I wasn't in band, so I just have to use American Pie as my reference. <laughs> <laughs> I was in choir, though, and you know what? Those dudes fuck, <laughs> and they good with their mouths. Monday through Friday, they're five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that was, but I enjoyed the cadence of it. That was from Carmen San Diego. Oh, that's right. Let's just listen to that later. <laughs> Anywho, the dads hear her singing and come up to the party and she like gets in her head about it. But then like after she kind of finishes the song, she's like, um, excuse me, no men at the party. It's this is just a lady thing. But she and her friends kind of whisk off and they're just, she's like, what are they even doing here? And they're just like, I don't know. We're just here for the booze. <laughs> They didn't realize it, but the booze they were here for was Paige and Mikey yelling boo at the screen. <laughs> boo! Bow to her, the queen of putrescence. Boo! It really does feel like my mom is performing on Broadway, and I love that about this movie so much. I would prefer it if my mom was performing in this movie instead of Meryl Streep, because I know my mom can sing. <laughs> Actually, I think my mom might be a little bit better than Meryl Streep, too. Which is not saying a lot. My mom's not a great singer. (laughs) Anyway, thus begins one of the weirdest parts of this movie, which plays out a little differently in the show, but is still weird in the show, too, where all the young ladies that are there for, like, the bachelorette party get a hold of the dads, and they're all dancing with the dads to the gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight, and you're like, wait, what? No, what? Hold up. This is... Oh, no, they're definitely trying to fuck. Colin Firth and Skarsgård. I don't know their right. Their Stellar names. Skateboard and Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, yes. Bill and Harry. Because Sam yes. is off about to have a uh, duet with Amanda or Sophia. Right. Um, who yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. well, I mean, he's definitely her stepdad at the end of this movie, at least. Sure, 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 But sure, I think sure. he's probably the real dad. Like, they had an actual relationship. They probably had sex multiple times. Yeah. I, I think 
There were more opportunities, yes. He had more shots on goal, as it were. This is the <laughs> yeah. one thing I want to talk about. Because what's okay. going on in his life where he's like, yes, I'll stay and live at this villa and help you. And I was like, what happened outside of Greece? I can tell you exactly what happened. He left Donna to go back to get married to the woman he was engaged to. He didn't do that. He was honest with her and said, hey, I fell in love with someone when I was in Greece. I'm going to go be with her. He came back. Saw that she went off with somebody else. He then went back to, I'm assuming, Scotland, wherever he's from, because he brought bagpipes or whatever, uh, and convinced the woman that he just broke up with to marry him. Yep. So eventually, over the course of the past 20 years, he got sick of her making him feel bad for being his second choice or whatever. Yep. They got divorced, and now he is doing anything he can to run away from his real-life problems. Accurate. It's called a midlife crisis, Mikey. We know so currently experiencing one it's me i bought a miata <laughs> <laughs> a miata is like the perfect midlife crisis car because it's like the worst convertible oh i love that <laughs> my great uncle absolutely got a miata for his midlife crisis <laughs> Hell yeah. and then he would never let me touch it or drive it every day i move closer to being like let's find i want to find a work from home job and move to the ocean or like i don't know where but like i'm definitely going down that like rom-com situation where i need to walk to the ocean <laughs> walk into the ocean for good or just be walkable i think it just means go to beach he needs to beach oh, okay i need i beach beach is me yeah uh. so wouldn't it be great like if you had a job where like all you were really had to do was like maybe watch, watch a movie or two and then it? have a zoom call with your friends three hours twice a week like if we go to podcasting full-time and i can make enough money i will buy a beach house and do that till i die mikey and beach let's move to la let's do it baby i'm gonna get you a three picture deal baby you get to try it out when you're here beach i want a beach we have beaches you could live closer to the beaches do you know where a beach is in la just go west until you hit <laughs> water. That's too many people. Well, you could also move slightly north or south of yeah. L.A. and beach with fewer people. I'm moving to the Cayman Islands and I will be, you know, I will be podcasting from there. So you're going to be a money launderer. That makes sense. Great. I can see you awesome. doing that. Uh -huh. I'm on season three of Power. So, like, let's talk, bro. <laughs> we should buy a bunch of laundromats. Cayman <laughs> Islands has really pretty beaches. I've been there. I'm thinking laundromats. I'm thinking hair salons and then maybe a three night club deal. I don't know oh, how much like we can that. manage. I like that. Mm -hmm. Just cash businesses, Paige. Cash only businesses. Let's just open a series of Dippin' Dots. I don't think that's going to be able to clean as much money as we're going to need to make slanging dope on the streets. <laughs> My tax lawyer's like, your Dippin' Dots made $3 million? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never had these dots, baby. Yo, it's the ice cream of the fucking future, okay? And yeah. the future is now, bitch. It's 2023. And also, the future is disgusting. I hate Dippin' Dots. What? Like Dippin dots. Come at me. They're like supercharged cold pieces of shit. I hate them, Mikey. They're the worst. Banana split. God, what is wrong with you? I feel like the only thing we get along with is like the only thing we have in common, Todd, is like, yeah, when you see friends, you say hello. You're like, you're like, oh, they have that in common. That's the only thing we have in common. I think we have an undying brotherly love for each other in common. But also Taco Bell. We all like Taco Bell. We all like Taco Bell. Paige is correct. Oh, but did you hear what I said? I did hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Let's go back in this movie while I slowly cry to myself. If you loved me, you would have picked a different film. So, like, okay. I learned a lot in therapy listen, about people who listen. say they love me and their actions don't follow the words. I am hurt by your lack of action and your lies. <laughs> How dare you Jonah Hill me right now? How dare you? This podcast could be renamed Romancing the Gaslighting or whatever. <laughs> gaslighting it would be the Gaslighting pod. the Pod. That's why, that's why Todd and I handle the marketing. <laughs> what are you talking about? My feet pics has gotten us dozens of subscribers. <laughs> On our only feeds. My fat girl dresses have gotten us thousands. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I had never seen this movie, Mikey. Anyway, I'm trying to like talk more because I hate this movie and talking about it, but I'm like, I don't, I, I want to be a part of the podcast. That'd be great. But I can't because I hate it and I hate <laughs> It, and I don't want to talk about it And you guys have been really on topic And like get off the topic <laughs> <laughs> I love how Mikey's like I, I just needed to talk about anything else So I can just anything jump in Anything else <laughs> Anything <laughs> You didn't even think Sophia was hot, Mikey. They didn't even let her wear a two-piece. That's, oh, that's, that's true. true. She, she does, does wear, wear a one-piece. One piece. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mikey, can I ask you a musical question? Sure. If you had to pick one band where their music would become the musical, what band would you choose? Outcast. I love that idea. <laughs> I loved how immediately the response came in. He was like, Outcast, duh. I, I was not prepared for you to have the perfect pitch. Um, and I know they did Idlewild, but that's not quite exactly no, no, no. what you mean. Like, you mean Speaker Box, The Love Below. Just call it Hey Ya. Oh, no. You got to call it I'm Sorry, Miss Jackson. Or So Fresh, So Clean. Yeah, probably So Fresh, So Clean for sure. Oh. So Fresh, So Clean. I actually do want to produce something exactly like this but only use the darkness songs. Oh, I'd watch that too. But what what would your storyline be though? Okay, here's my pitch. Do Two it. Two friends. One of them is called Eddie. The movie starts, Eddie is broken up with by his fiance. He goes to his friend and his friend sings, She's Just a Girl, Eddie, by the darkness. So that's okay, how cool. it starts, right? And then over the course of the movie, they both find love and some angelic feature. I'm trying to get Justin Hawkins in on it, who was the singer for the darkness, comes in and sings, I believe, in a thing called love at the wedding at the end. And that's all I've got. But it's more than anyone else has. And I think it's good. Okay, Todd, <laughs> you had a chance to have a spaceship with in love with an octopus and you didn't do it. Failure. Mikey, go. All right. Here's my pitch. It's a musical. Okay. And a time loop movie where a guy like okay. me who hates musicals is stuck in a musical time loop. Schmigadoon, got it? Okay. <laughs> I've loved Schmigadoon. How dare you? But more violent. Like, I'd be stuck with people <laughs> like you two. And we wake up every morning. We're like, we got to do it. But I love singing. And then I'd be like, I found a gun. And then I would just start doing it. Who's, what are, what's the songs? I don't care. I would hate them all. Why am I not at all surprised that in Mikey's musical, he doesn't give a shit about the songs? <laughs> I was thinking Van Halen, honestly. Like, everybody wants some. I want some, too. <laughs> Basically, Music Man is the vibe. But instead, okay. they're all in a chorus line. And then I run over all of them in an 18-wheeler. <laughs> uh, because they should have taken the monorail, monorail, monorail. But it's more of a Shelbyville idea. Interesting. 
Interesting. All right, we got to get back into the movie. So, Mikey, we'll talk to you in about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, I'll <laughs> see you later. I'm going to go back to doing next year's taxes. <laughs> I Controversial statement, Ben Folds, and it's kind of like once. Like, it's a, a relationship drama about people who fell in love and are now breaking up and reflecting on it. You're welcome. Anyway, back to this ridiculous disco explosion. So... Gimme, gimme, gimme goes right into voulez-vous and the the boys, the groomsmen from the hen, the stag do, hen do, it all kind of mixes. Everyone's dancing and drunk. And essentially in the play, these songs go back to back and it's almost like a montage of like song, 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 song. And then the music gets kind of quiet and one of the dads and Sophie end up center stage while everyone's kind of dancing behind them, but they're kind of like in the dark quieter and they have a conversation of like am i your dad am i or not and it's basically her rotating through them is how this goes in the play the movie tries to do this unsuccessfully i think it sort of touches like i got what they were doing but i do think it would it would be it's way a little better all on over stage. the place yeah it is yeah i yeah. think it'd be way better on stage but she essentially in this like elongated musical sequence because it's like a few songs all at once right uh, or you know one after the other she tells sam you're my dad and I want you to walk me down the aisle. Right. And they have this sweet moment. And then she has that moment with the other two possible dads, too. Right. Where they're like, oh, my God, I'm your dad. That's why you invited me. I will walk you down the aisle. And she's like, great, Pops. That sounds fucking fantastic. Definitely haven't promised that to somebody else already. And, like, she does that again with Stellar Skateboard or whatever. So, yeah. Right. I also love that you think that this whole thing is going to be about which one of her dads is going to walk her down the aisle. And it's like, fuck all of them. They weren't there for her. Yeah, they weren't Meryl there. Her Streep's mom was. going to walk her down the fucking aisle. And I love that they did that. I was like, yes. I do. I do like that. Um, now, we cut to the next day where they're cleaning up bottles. They're all drunk on the boat. And Stellar Skateboard gets up and is just like, hey, something happened last night. And then Colin Firth is like, yeah, me too. And they have this conversation, but they stop short of admitting that they each think they're the dad. Yeah. Well, and also Colin Firth's character sort of comes out to Stellar Skateboard in this in yeah, that little, little boat bit. scene. But you think it is a misdirect. You think he is right. trying to say, um, you know, I'm the dad. I'm going to walk her down the aisle because that's what Stellar Skateboard's character is doing. He's being a little guarded with that information, right? Right. But it actually turns out to be true that Colin Firth is just a gay man. I do think just in this moment he is skirting around the same information stellar skateboard is but it just plays a little fun at the end when we do find out that he's gay yeah yeah anyway meanwhile sophie and her mom get in a fight about whether or not they should have the wedding or not in the movie this comes out of fucking nowhere in the play there's been establishing conversations before this yeah and sam seems pretty against the wedding too like yeah she needs to go live her life and you know, not focus on getting married at 20, which honestly, like, I would fully agree. Agreed. But, like, Hardcore she's an agreed. adult and can make her own decisions, you know? So, yeah. Well, and this is where, because Sam shows up, Pierce Brosnan's character, and he's like, Yeah, I made the mistake of getting married at 20 and hadn't seen enough of the world, hadn't def- figured out what I wanted. Don't make the same mistake I do. Yeah. And then he and Meryl Streep sing SOS, which is one of my favorite ABBA songs that they ruin in this film. Um, It is painful (laughs) to listen to. There's no option for it to be good because you have your two worst singers singing it at each other. So you're like, 
just cringing the whole I mean, time. I would say that Meryl Streep is not the worst. Meryl Streep is passable, but not great. Pierce Brosnan is objectively bad. I think he is He's the worst bad. singer in this. Yeah, which is yes. unfortunate. Like, I don't understand why you, even as an actor, would you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? But like, why wouldn't you be like, you're going to like auto-tune this, right? Like, you're not going to let me sound like fucking shit, right? I have some fun facts on that. Okay. I really like Pierce Brosnan. So like, I'm in his corner. I like him too. Even though he did 9-11. He did do 9-11. Allegedly. Allegedly. But I, I like how nice he is to his wife and like he's a good I actor. I do love his relationship with his wife. I do think that's very, very nice. And she's gorgeous. And he's like a good dad and stuff. But also like that man can't sing and I like that. I can't sing. Yeah. Well, and that's my thing is like I don't blame him. I'm blaming the other people that made this movie. And I feel like he has this smirk on the whole in the whole film where he knows it's a shitty movie and he can't sing and he's like they gave me this fucking part. I hate this shit. Someone dared me. I wouldn't do it. But here I am. Mikey, you are closer than you think. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> we will talk about it in fun facts. Hell yeah. All right. Well, let's let's power through this. There's honestly not much plot left. I mean, there's not a lot to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because at this point now the movie is killing time to get to the wedding. Because if they just played it through the way the story would naturally flow, this movie would be an hour long. So instead, everyone else gets a song. Sky gets another song the friends both get songs Colin Farrell gets a thing everybody gets a thing while they're all trying to set up for this wedding and this is where we then get the argument between Amanda Seyfried and Dominic Cooper where he's like I wanted to fucking elope you wanted a wedding did you only want the wedding so that you could find out who your dad is that's fucked up <laughs> yeah this is the scene where she's honest with someone for the first time we're an hour and 12 yes. minutes in and this is the first time Sophia's been honest with anybody and he doesn't handle it well like no they are just a very toxic relationship <laughs> and like they're they're both 20 though like they have so much to learn before they get married like the fact that they didn't get married is great yes i was thrilled and like i'm thrilled they're gonna travel the world together because they're quickly gonna realize that it wasn't a great relationship it was just great sex and we have to break up you know yep absolutely um so he runs away but then we never hear about this again because he does still show up for the wedding we never resolve this conflict um (laughs) we cut back to meryl streep setting up the wedding and amanda seyfried comes back sad about that fight and is like mom can you help me get ready and she says sure and then we get a whole montage of them getting ready that's supposed to be very sweet except that it goes on for 40 years it is so sweet it is is like a mother getting her daughter dressed and like doing her nails and like sure. doing her makeup for her wedding. It is super fucking sweet. But it is also like a reminiscing passage of time song. I think that's where the sweetness comes from for me at least. Like, yeah. you know, she's singing about watching her grow into this woman who's now getting married or is supposed to be getting married at the end of this. But it's really sweet. I liked it. This is the first time I cried in the movie. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my, my thing God. is watching this scene, I was like, how long did they have all day? I thought they had like an hour. <laughs> oh, that's because... Literally everyone has gotten their own song. Right. And sort of while they're setting up for the wedding, like they're setting up for the wedding, just like movie on screen time, three times longer than the actual wedding is. Yes. Yes. So like everyone's, everyone's getting a song and then she has that bad interaction with Sky, her fiance. And then she runs to get Meryl Streep to like put her makeup on and all that stuff. Right. Right. But she gets her ready. She goes to the wedding on a cow and the wedding is up this like, 
cool hill with lights like one of the islands of ghost of tsushima it is very ghost of tsushima vibes i yeah right there's like hours and hours of playtime where you're just climbing up to temples like that yeah uh, anyway which is to say it's beautiful like the so setting they for this movie is stellar skateboard it's so good i was talking about ghost of tsushima it's beautiful <laughs> honestly that too like the game is yeah. also so good like so good loved it. no notes except for give me a sequel Yes, please. Anyway, she goes up. Meanwhile, Pierce Brosnan runs up and is just like, I'm her dad. And then they have a song that literally is just them singing into each other's faces for so long that I fast forwarded it and then stopped and it was still happening. And I fast forwarded <laughs> it again and it was still happening. And then I finally skipped ahead until it was no longer happening. It was choreographed so badly. Nothing happens. Just close-ups. And I was like, this is infuriatingly long for something with no blocking. This is wild. <laughs> it is 100% just them on the edge of this, like, sort of like cliff face as they're walking down yeah. to then go up the the big rock to the church at the top of it. And it is just like Meryl Streep ad lib and her lip sync. You know, like, yeah. it's like she is lip syncing for her life and she didn't expect to be there. So she prepared nothing for this. I'd like to leave it on, please. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like doing the most with her scarf and then runs away. Yeah. She's just, she's doing all the scarf work and Trinity the Tuck is over there doing splits and shit. <laughs> like it's nonsense. <laughs> I was like, girl, you better death drop. Oh, yeah. She was definitely asked to sashay away. Yeah. Take off a wig or something. Oh. Anyway, no reveal, nothing. Mikey has no idea what you and I are talking about. It's all good. She pulled a Valentina. That's what's up. I don't know what that is either. We know, Mikey. Anyway, so we get to the wedding. And she walks in with her mom. And again, this wedding could have just preceded it as normal, except that her mom is just like, also, her father is here, but I don't know who he is. No one better say any shit about that. Well, <laughs> like, like, it's yeah, just, it's so bizarre. It's really <laughs> funny because she says her, her father is here unprovoked like no one asked for her no one to like speak in this moment. Well, that's because she's talking about her father oh, is yeah. here. like uh, our, our Lord father, and Savior in heaven. Who yes. art in the audience. One of you three be thy name. He is all <laughs> around us. The Holy Trinity. Harry, Dick, and what's As his face? As in literally, they're sitting in three different parts of the audience. They are all yes. around us. <laughs> the Trinity of Voldemort, James Bond, and other guy. Voldemort? He thinks Mrs. Weasley is one of the men. That's how we got there. <laughs> That's no, nope. Mikey, Mikey. That's how nope. we got Mikey. there for sure. Mikey, which one did you think was Baltimore? Not 007, clearly. The one who was in his butts making the uh, breakfast. Stellar Skateboard is who we thought it was. Skeller, Skeller Skin. Who does end up at this movie either in a relationship or being kidnapped by Mrs. Weasley. He's got a Harry <laughs> Potter vibe to him. So I was 100% right, Paige. You have to acknowledge that I was 1,000% right. No one speaks Mikey like Todd speaks Mikey. <laughs> yeah, did. exactly. You, you were absolutely right, but my favorite was also that he described being pantsless as in his butts. <laughs> oh my God. That did not even register in my brain when he said that. Holy shit. You know, shit. the one that was in his butts. 
butts making breakfast. What? <laughs> what did you just say? That's 20 toes level of crazy. <laughs> I, t- I don't think it is, Paige. Your 20 toes thing yeah, was fucking 20 insane. toes doesn't exist. That man's butt was, was out. in his butt. <laughs> yeah, He's we all saw in it. in a butt? <laughs> <laughs> that was Mikey thinking in his cups like he's drunk, but he just <laughs> had his butt in out. His butts. Yeah, that's how yeah. it got there. In his butts. Uh, surprise nudity will now be known as in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his butt outfit, Paige. Birthday suit. I'm going to get Stellan in his birthday suit. Oh, a musical with the music of Ludacris. Mikey, I can't believe you didn't say Pitbull. What would the Pitbull musical be? It would be like the version of Bill and Ted going back to the future to save the world. It's like in that future, Pitbull's movie brings world peace. Mikey, you read my brain because (laughs) I pictured THX 1138 where they're all bald. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, futuristic bald bald cult set to the music of Pitbull. Xana, do this bullshit. Let's go. Anyway, she's like, so I boned a bunch of people. I don't know who these people are. And again, no value judgment on boning a bunch of people. It's just not, she didn't need to say this at the wedding and make people feel odd and then have people stand up and make it a group thing. Well, okay. Those three dudes individually decided to stand up because they individually had been told by a sociopath named Sophia that they were her father. Like each of them had it confirmed to them that they were the dad. Yeah. I think that's insane. Like, Which I'm like, they didn't give DNA. There's no confirmation. That's on y'all. Have you know if y'all not watched the Steve Wilco show or Maury Povich? <laughs> but like I I think that they thought that they were the like they were Donna's only partner in that time span. So like it was it was definitely their sure. kid, you know, like that sort of a thing. Yeah. They both seem they all seem like they knew that Donna was going around. Fun. Town. Yeah. Donna was fun. Anyway, so they all are standing there and then Pierce Brosnan's like, man, I'm fucking divorced. I hate my life. I'm down to be the third and I'm not going to ask questions. And then Colin Farrell is just Colin Firth. Not Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Firth is just like, I'm down to be a third too. Cause I don't have any kids. And also by the way, everyone I'm gay. Hello. And then stellar skateboards like, well, if they're doing it, <laughs> he's just like, fuck it. I guess I'm in it. Like I, I'm going to boat away immediately. And that's polyamory. There you go. <laughs> it's polyternity because it's like yeah, paternity. Po- no, po- paternity, polyternity. Polymammary. Polyternity, yeah. Polymammary is in total recall where she's got multiple titties. Hell yeah. Well, technically, all women have multiple titties. <laughs> well, most women. <laughs> <laughs> many many women have multiple titties in my brain i meant more than two uh, a crowd of titties no, Paige, they got like 20 titties i hate them girls i've been dating lately one titty women like a kung pao enter the fist oh i was talking about just one giant one in the middle <laughs> like a minion head <laughs> Yes. So they all decide they're going to be a third, and they're like, "So I guess this wedding is canceled." And Pierce Brosnan's like, "No, I'm going to marry Meryl Streep, and we're doing all the music for the reception." It's like my nightmare (laughs) wedding. I'd be like, "Fuck, let's just go." (laughs) Well, because Sophia and Sky decide that they're not going to get married, right? Because of course they shouldn't. They're 20 years old and they, they want to go travel the world together, which honestly sounds fucking awesome. Have you ever been to a wedding where they sing and dance down the aisle and all that stuff? Like the bride and groom come out singing the, the wedding party and all that. You've, you've seen this on the TikToks okay. and the internet. So, 
might no. be. So I, I've never been to one in person. Yeah, I've, I've never seen either. people make this mistake many times online. And one of my friends is obsessed with when grooms sing their bride down the aisle. And it's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. And I love it so much. I feel like this movie is like the movie form of that act. If that makes like if I was in a wedding and people are coming down singing and dancing and they think they're doing really cool. But I'm just like, this is the worst. And y'all are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I feel like this is, but like two hours of it. But I think this wedding really encompasses it because they get married and sing a lot. So I feel like this is a same. I feel like there are really good ways to incorporate music into your wedding that are tasteful and very touching. Like my sister pre-recorded a song that she played as she yeah, walked yeah, down yeah, to yeah, and yeah. it was like the groom, one of the groom's favorite songs. Like that's very cool. My sister sang at my wedding uh, one time. Uh, a friend went to a wedding where the bride came in to just a spoken recording of her thoughts that morning. Don't do that. That's one of the strangest things I've ever heard. Um, but the ones where there's like a whole dancing in production can go south so fast. Like they're either great or terrible. Todd, you look confused. I'm happy to elucidate for you. No, when you said someone walked out to just thoughts that they had had that yes, morning that they had like, recorded probably while they were taking a shit. No, don't walk out to that. You are a sociopath, ma'am. That is <laughs> um, Next level insane. Here's a crazier one. One time there was a wedding where somebody walked in to feed the birds from Mary Poppins. What? Feed the birds, tuppins, like that. I'm coming down the aisle in the Stone Cold Steve Austin when he Hell gets yeah. out. Yes! I do, do think- it! <laughs> with, a, with your cummerbund yes. up as a belt? Yes. <laughs> The rings are in the center of it. I honestly just want to see two bachelors. Where are you, Vince McMahon? <laughs> exactly. I want to see bachelors like talking shit before they get married. Uh -huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I dare any of y'all to say you object in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would be amazing. Mikey, I'm going to cut this. I'm calling the Lachey's. This is going to happen. Oh, this is too healthy for them. <laughs> That's too healthy for them. Somebody has to have done, because people have costume weddings and shit all the time, for which sure. I think is very fun, especially if you get everybody in on it. Cool. But like somebody has to have done that. And I want to see it. I want to see it. And I want to see the bride climb over the ropes with a folding chair. Like I want go all the yeah. way with it. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, Pierce Brosnan has like two more solos uh, because apparently waterboarding is illegal and they needed another <laughs> form of torture. I love Meryl Streep. We're getting married. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, it's like he's God. in the room. Honestly, that sounds just like Pierce Brosnan, man. That was a great impression of him singing. <laughs> Thank you. You're I welcome. also apparently because I... <laughs> I was confused as I was writing notes. I just have in my notes, gay Colin Farrell is the best, he but is. it's Colin Firth. Yeah. But I'd watch gay Colin Farrell too. But he meets someone at the wedding. That's pretty fun. Uh, and then... Oh, they like make out at the end of this movie yeah. too. Like he Go goes for, for it and I'm here for it. I wish we knew who that was. Like I wish there was a character with a name that we could have invested in. 
Instead of just a random guy that he's like, this one. Yeah, it does sort of suck that, like, uh, in this movie, like, two male characters never really speak about anything other than the female main character. So, yeah, it, like, it, like doesn't pass the incel version of the Bechdel test. Todd, I'm going to high road you right now. I think that they give a lot more screen time to heterosexual relationships and heteronormativity and then dismiss the LGBTQIA relationship by not giving that character a name and agency. False. And cut this out, but everything in a musical is gay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to cut it out because I agree and that's why I fucking love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Mikey, if you didn't like this movie, you're going to fucking hate Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've seen Rocky Horror. Oh, have you? Yeah. You're saying that this is like... I'm going to put this right on the Rocky Horror level. No, I no, the Rocky Horror is way better than this, but I I think it's it's like close to as campy as Rocky Horror is. I don't know if you know what campy is anymore. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a different, I would consider Rocky Horror a very different kind of camp. Like it, it, the drag camp is what yes. I would, uh, I don't find these in the same universe at all. I find Rocky Horror to be much more subversive. Um, oh yeah. And it was way before this. And, and more thoughtful. <laughs> yes. I don't like musical. I've seen Rocky Horror, I think. Maybe not all the way through, but well, don't worry. The second act is a drag. <laughs> Love all of that movie. First, first act phenomenal. Second act needs some trimming. Music phenomenal. So good all yeah. the way through. Yeah, Tim yeah. Curry's a, a, amazing. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, we should do that at some point on Horror Virgin. Anyway, so everyone is potentially paired up, although stellar skateboard maybe not willingly i think it's implied that it's not willingly Paige, because she has to like chase him around i don't like it i don't like it but anyway a geyser comes up in the middle of the courtyard which probably killed all of them right why would it kill them it's water Paige. yeah but that means that the the water table potentially underneath all the buildings where they are is unstable on the side of a cliff they didn't die that night but they definitely did slide into the ocean a few days later yeah yeah that wasn't the water table that was the sewage drainage (laughs) because this movie is shitty anyway the (laughs) sky and sophie leave to travel and we cut to the post-credit scene where everyone is in disco where dancing to two more songs plus a weird encore it's amazing and that's that's the movie so having seen the movie having talked about the movie what did you guys think about mama mia i've had bacterial infections more pleasant Paige, what did you think about it? I like musicals. I am here for a musical. I enjoy them. I can't with this movie. It it drives me nuts when people cast people who can't sing and then don't dub it. Like for the interest of the production, dub it, cast somebody else. Why are we doing this? I hate it every time it happens. The only time I think I've enjoyed a modern musical that chose to either A, record live or do something weird was Across the Universe, but it's because everyone could sing yeah, and sing well. And that's the only way it was successful. And even that movie drags in the second act. So like, just pick people who could sing. Yeah. Fingers crossed for Wicked. <laughs> this is like the same complaints I had with Les Mis. Oh yeah, same. The musical same. version that we did. Uh, I love Les Mis. It's one of my favorite musicals 
I'd never go back and watch that movie. No, it's terrible. You know, because th- it's hard to sit through watching someone sort of butcher your favorite songs. Wow. Yeah. Amanda Siegfried just goes around and around butchering all your favorite stuff. No, she's the one that can actually sing. And she's in both of those movies, by the I way. I know. She's that's in, what I'm talking about. She's in Les Mis, too. She's amazing. And she's amazing in this, too. Like, she's an amazing singer. They do have some terrible singers. And they do nothing to address their terrible singing, which doesn't make any sense to me. I think the thinking behind it is that, well, their acting is more important. Sure. And I'm like, no, it's a musical. It's going to distract me if they cannot sing. If there's constantly songs, that's super distracting. Right. But all you have to do is A, auto-tune it. Or just have someone else sing it and have Pierce Brosnan like lip sync it on the day. And yeah, I mean, we've been doing that for 50 fucking years, probably 70 years, actually. Like, yeah, do that, guys. Um, Can I read you just the last two notes I wrote about this movie? Sure. It'll adequately encapsulate how I felt about this movie. Holy shit. The credits have an encore. And then... I'm in fucking heaven right now. Um, I love this movie. I thought it was over the top, super campy, super silly. So there are some great performances on the screen too. It's just unfortunately not most of your main characters. Yeah. Like I think Amanda Seyfried is great. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Tanya and Christine Baranski. Yeah. I, Yeah. I, I, I can never remember her name, but the, the two other women in the older couplet or the older triplet mm-hmm. um, of Donna's group, they're great. There are some great performances, but like it just is bogged down by people who really can't sing. So like that's what watching this makes me want to see it on the stage. And because yeah. of those bad performances, I'll probably never go back and watch this movie again. Although if it was performed well, I probably would watch this fucking shit all the time because this is like for me specifically like i love this kind of movie i mean here's here's what's crazy and this is a note on on greece 2 greece 2 is terrible but also performed great yeah so like the idea that that the acting would salvage somebody not singing is so backward because Grease 2 is a movie where the acting is terrible, the songs are so catchy, it's so bad, it's funny, that I have watched so many times. I can't like, wait to do I that I love one. it. It's hilarious. If When it's on TV, I stop and watch it. Like, it's bonkers. So, like, just cast people who can sing or dub them. Absolutely. That's really my only note with this because I loved everything else. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with those fun facts. Mama Mia. Fun, fun facts. facts. When Pierce Brosnan was ap- approached to be in this movie, he signed the deal without knowing what the project was about or that he would be required to sing. Uh, all they told him was that it was being filmed in Greece and Meryl Streep was the star. And he was like, I'll do anything with Meryl Streep. Uh, so he just signed up for it. Okay, so I don't blame him for that. I blame sure, the director, the writer, like whoever pitched yes. him on this movie, not being like, hey, this is a musical. Can you sing? Oh, you can't. Sorry. We're going to have to pass and give it to somebody else, Pierce. Yes. So Meryl Streep has actually been interested in this role for a long time. She first saw the musical in October of 2001 uh, because it debuted overseas before uh, 9-11 and then it kind of toured through and then it was playing in New York when 9-11 happened. So she saw it in October 2001 and wrote to the producers to praise them for bringing a little happiness and fun to the lives of New York City's people following the terrorist attacks. Now, here's the thing. Having seen the stage show, it's very fun. Yes. Like, 
It does have the feel of a concert. It's kind of a blast. It works so much better than this movie does, even though the plot is still dumb. <laughs> now, Meryl Streep recorded her vocals for the song The Winner Takes It All in Stockholm, Sweden, and allegedly did it in one take. It showed. I mean, I would buy she did this in one take and they really begged her to do another one. Yep. Uh, Colin Firth <laughs> has been quoted as saying that if heaven exists, when he arrives, he wants to hear God say, well, I personally thought you were pretty good in Mamma Mia. <laughs> you know what? I did think he was pretty good in Mamma Mia. <laughs> That's such a good quote. Um, everyone performed their own singing. No one was dubbed. Unfortunately. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård being in his butts uh, was his <laughs> idea. Oh, nice. Where where he, they, they knew what the scene was going to be. He thought it would be funny to have an apron on and then turn and be in his butts. And the director did not know it would, it was going to happen and that they would have tattoos on his butt. So when the camera rolled, he turned right in front of it. The cameraman jumped and screamed while the director fell over laughing and they managed to keep the take. Oh my and I think God. did it a couple more times just for coverage. But um, so Felita Lloyd is, is the name of the woman who also directed the original Broadway play. And again, while I don't like the plot, the Broadway play, lots of fun. Now, Dame Julie Walters injured herself. Julie Walters uh, played Molly Weasley. Uh, so she's the, the shorter of her two friends injured herself while filming the Dancing Queen sequence by tripping over rocks in the cobbled street, but then continued the scene with an injured leg, ankle. It's not quite clear. She's a badass, man. Gotta love Miss Weasley. <laughs> so Bill Anderson, so Stellar Skateboard's character in the play is originally Australian. But once they cast Stellan Skarsgård, because he is also from Sweden, as are three of the members of ABBA, only three, one is from Norway, um, they allowed him to be Sweden. And so that's why his boat flies the Swedish flag. Yeah. I'll leave the box office to you, Todd. Oh, thank you. So Cher was originally offered the role of Tanya, Christine Baranski's role. And she turned it down due to concert tour commitments, but then immediately signed on to be in the sequel once she got the chance. So Cher is in the sequel. I love Christine Baranski, but I would have loved to see Cher in this too. Like It would have been wild, for sure. I would have loved to see a Cher in a blonde wig be the mom character in this movie. I think that is kind of what happens in the next one where I think she plays Meryl Streep's mom. I haven't seen the sequel. What? Here for I haven't it. seen the sequel, so I don't know for sure. Well, you'll have to wait for my next pick. They should bring Celine Dion into this. Yeah, instead <laughs> of Amanda Seyfried, it was almost Mandy Moore, Amanda Bynes, Rachel McAdams, Emmy Rossum, all auditioned for it. Now, Mandy Moore can definitely sing. Yeah. Rachel McAdams can sing okay. Amanda Bynes, surprisingly, can sing. Okay. And, of course, Emmy Rossum is classically trained. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, oh, this is going to make you so mad. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John and Michelle Pfeiffer <sighs> were both considered instead of Meryl Streep, and either one of them would have nailed this, because I don't know if you know, Michelle Pfeiffer can sing. I know this because she is the lead in Grease 2! <laughs> um, she is Stephanie Zanoni, the leader of the Pink Ladies, and she will not be disrespected. Amazing. I love it. Also... Bill Nye was almost one of the fathers. Oh, I love Bill Nye. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. I don't know if he can sing them. I don't think it mattered for this production, but it yeah, should have. He can't. Christmas oh, is that's right. just... He sings in oh, um, that's right. Love Actually. Christmas is all around us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
It's everywhere you go. So yes, as I, I'll end on this one. As I mentioned, the plot of this movie and the source musical that it's based on is actually previously based on Buena Serra, Mrs. Campbell from 1968, originally starring Gina Lolo Brigida. And those are your fun facts. Buena Serra, Miss Campbell. Ooh, I am <laughs> your dad. Never <laughs> meant to make your daughter cry. But I dumped it all into your mom. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Miss Campbell. Ooh, I am your dad. But let's do some box office. Let's. So what do you think the production budget was for Mamma Mia? It was a lot, I think. I'm going to say 70. Okay. What do I think the production budget is? How much do you think Satan spent on this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do think Satan was involved, and that's why it slaps. $30 million. $30 million? Okay, so Paige said 70. You said 30. The actual was right in between that at $52 million. But Paige... If you adjust for inflation, that's $73 million today. Damn now, straight. This movie came out on July 18th, 2008. It was number two in the box office. It was beat by uh, a movie that also released that same week, The Dark Knight. Yeah, that's what I saw that week. Yeah, Mamma Mia was number two. Number three was Hancock. Number four was Journey to the Center of the Earth. And number five was Hellboy 2, colon, The Golden Army. What do you think Mamma Mia made in its opening weekend? Opening weekend, I think this probably actually made a fair amount of money. I'm going to say 12. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? 17. All right. You're both a little bit under. Uh, It was actually $27.7 million in its opening weekend. Now, The Dark Knight came out this weekend, and just because it crushed it, that made... $158.4 million. So it was a very distant second. Now, this movie, however, was in theaters for a total of 16 weeks. So it was in theaters for a while. So what do you think it made domestically in the box office? 97. Okay. 104. (laughs) Mikey, you sound so distraught at the possibility that this broke $100 million. And to me, that's hilarious because it made $144 million. Uh, technically $144.1 million. But let me break your heart even more, Mikey. It went on to make $445.5 million internationally. That's why it got a sequel, which, by the way, there's no sequel to the play. So the sequel is just nonsense. I like this is not nonsense. Wait, I don't know where they're going to find more ABBA songs for the sequel. I think they just sing the same song. It says it's Mamma Mia. Here we go again. So Mamma Mia has got to be in it. I guess. But if you adjust that $589.7 million this movie made to today's dollars, that would be $837.2 million. So like this movie made a shitload of money. It made $87 million in the UK alone. Like, it made so much money internationally. It's insane. But that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit us with that romance scale? Yeah, the romance scale is how romantic <laughs> we found the film today. It's a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> Page. 1. Page says 1. Todd. You don't get to vote today. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's a one. Like, the movie isn't, like, romantic. It's just campy and fun. Yeah. Fun. Interesting term. And no lion roars. No. Oh, absolutely not. No. I give it a one as well. And that's our uh, romance scale. So this week, I made you guys watch Mamma Mia. And guys, you're welcome. Uh, Paige, it's your turn next week. No, Mikey, 
It's your turn next week. So what are you going to make us watch next week? Oh, no. I'm unprepared. (laughs) Oh, no. I might do something classic. Oh, yeah? We don't really do a lot of like 1960s or 70s rom-coms. By classic, did you mean like 90s? (laughs) 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 That pause there made me think I had like missed the mark. Can we do Drive? Is that a romantic movie? No. No. It's pretty Even romantic. Even though I, I love that movie. <laughs> that elevator scene's pretty romantic, though. It's not romantic. He's a sociopath, and she is potentially avoiding violence. Uh, there's one called The Longest Ride. <gasps> Mikey, the movie with Charlie Sheen, The Chase. The Getaway. The Getaway. I, I'm picking The Getaway. Hey, let me I make don't sure know it's streaming. It's let me make sure if it's streaming. Okay, okay, Mom. Okay, Mom. Okay. 1972 or 1994? 94, baby. It's Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Also, it's Alec Baldwin. It's an action thriller. Are you sure this is the right movie? Charlie Sheen does not appear to be in this. The Getaway? It's not The Getaway. It's called The Chase, which the Chase. also came out in 1994. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mikey, how does your brain like always remember the, like, the wrong information, but so close to what's actually true? With Christy Swanson, but also Henry Rollins and Anthony Cadis are in this? Yes. Okay. Paige, I saw this movie once. I remember loving it. It probably was when I was like eight. So it's probably terrible. Hold on. I've got a new theme developing in my mind. Nick Cage romantic movies. Yes. Yes. Do it. Do it. <laughs> are you going to do Valley Girl or are you going to do First Bitten or, or Once Bitten? And we're going to start with Honeymoon in Vegas because I watched it on TBS quite a lot when it came on after cartoons. I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. In fact, I'm not sure I've seen any Nick Cage rom-com movies. Let me set it up for you. Oh. It's like the movie with Demi Moore where the guy tries to buy her for the night. Yes. Indecent proposal, yes. But it's a Nick Cage comedy. I love everything about this. <laughs> yes, I can't wait till we do it. Okay, so your homework for next week is to watch Honeymoon in Vegas? Is that what it is, Mikey? Yeah. yeah. And then check back for that bonkers episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that's to leave us a five-star text review. Maybe talk about how you love Mamma Mia, because watching low-energy Papa Bond is up your alley. You know, mm. then I might make Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I vamped so hard, and you still hadn't found one yet. I'm going to read Mary the Goldfish. Okay, so is this person named Mary, and they are a goldfish, or are they telling you to marry a goldfish? Mary, spelled like the name, the goldfish. All right. Oh, Mary the Goldfish. This is my mother. Okay, go ahead. Is it? Yes, my my mom names things mary it's it's her bit that she has been doing for like 20 years it could be Paige's mom the title of the review is you kids exclamation point this is definitely <laughs> i can't believe first off i can't believe she hasn't left a review Holy you've shit, been on the Paige's show mom. for I like two and a half years the, the podcast the, the review goes on i love hearing your voices on my commute to school each monday and thursday oh this is definitely your mom i yep, do apologize yeah. for Paige's occasional snarky attitude i raised her on Shakespeare, Thomas Hardy, and SVU. This is true. None of this sappy rom-com stuff. Credit to her <laughs> dad for that. And can we get a hallelujah for those theme thongs? Themes and themes? I'm sorry, the what, Mikey? <laughs> sorry, that's my personal life sliding through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> theme songs. Amen. 
five stars. Yeah, because the song is written <laughs> by my sister, also her child. Yay. Yes. That's so funny. I like scrolled down randomly and stopped like right on that review. That's so funny. Yeah, it is so funny. Honestly, right after we did Lady Jane, which is like mama's pick more or less <laughs> well mama thank you so much for the awesome five-star review and if you know my mom or mikey's mom wants to leave a review we'll read that too on next episode yeah so um yeah guys if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast make sure to check out our other podcast the horror virgin and that is the only other podcast that mikey and i are on but Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. You know, you haven't finished until you unleash your Aphrodite's uh, fountain. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. If you're not making her blow the Aphrodite's fountain, you know what I'm saying? If the, if the wedding isn't rained out, you know? <laughs> if the wedding isn't rained out? Yeah. What is sex if not a wedding between a man and a woman? What? Let's do another one. Give me another one, Mikey. Give me two more. <laughs> two more? <laughs> Give me two more pickup lines. Oh. Just vamp on it. Hit me with them. I'll pick the best one. I'll pick the best of the two. The only grease I liked in this film was the th ones I thought about covering myself with and lighting <laughs> myself on fire. <laughs> Great. Love it. It might have been better in a grease movie, but like, I, I love the <laughs> commitment. I loved it. Yeah. What's well, your second one? this movie took place in Greece. This is in Greece. You know what? I apologize. <laughs> Mikey fucking crushed it. Give me your second one. <laughs> this movie made Man of Siegfried unsexy, and like that's really hard to do. That's not so much a pickup line. I'm gonna go with your first one. It's way better. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Bye, <laughs> Mama Mia. If I did get an invitation by someone who said there, I was their dad, and I show up and there's other guys, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed.